This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Gordon, how's it going? Excellent. I'm really looking forward to uh, this morning's discussion, Doc. I mean, it's the most extraordinary untold story um, of South African sport. I, I commend you for uh, for finding the story and, and I commend our, our guest this morning, who you'll introduce in a moment, for this extraordinary achievement. Yeah, Gordon, absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, like with a lot of sports, you see, you know, the 15 guys, the 11 cricketers, whatever the case may be, on the park. But it's all those people off the park that make it happen. You know, it's really a team. And I, and I think, you know, we, we've seen that and, and we've seen the World Cup win of last year and the successes in the past. We really do know it's a team effort. And no person is, is, has been instrumental or more instrumental in that. Now, listen to these statistics before I introduce Sir Gordon. A person who started 19 years ago with the Springboks in 2000, okay, was involved in 225 test matches. Went to five World Cups. Of course, we won two of them in 2007 in Paris and last year in Tokyo. Worked with 17 Springbok captains and seven bar coaches. Now, it's my great pleasure to welcome Anne Lee Murray, former PR manager. Anne Lee, thanks very much for joining us. Jesus, uh, I mean, Gordon and I were chatting off air, and I think the title for your book has got to be unbelievable. I mean, that is an incredible uh, achievement and a wonderful stellar career. So thank you for your time, and, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Doc and Gordon. It's, it's great to be with you and have a chat with you today. Yeah, I mean, 225 tests, five World Cups, 15 bucks. That's even more tests than Ken Regis has been to. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Almost, yeah. Almost, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And I think just to start, Gordon, just, you know, what, before we get into the into the guts of the de- of the detail, but I mean, Ellie, just well done last year on the, on the Hollard Sport Industry Awards uh, Personality of the Year, and it's well-deserved, you know, and I think, you know, and I read some of the social feed off that 
you know, from people who were who were really big heroes of Springbok rugby and Smitty in particular and Bucky's and a whole lot of guys, Brian Banner, talking about how you were unbelievable for them in their career, held it together. And some of them actually said that is high, high praise for an administrator, you know, saying that uh, you, everyone loved you uh, and, and, and you were sort of looking after. And I think you called yourself the mother of the team. So if you don't mind, just as a start, just tell us, very briefly, and I know it's a complex question, what did your role entail uh, in the Springbok setup? Thanks, Doug. Um, um, yeah, my, my, I was part of an operations and logistics team. So, you know, it obviously takes a team to, to do everything. But my role specifically was part of that. And, um, you know, to look after the operations role is to look after everything off the field. And I played, you know, a small part in that along with another team but my role specifically you know was to be responsible for humanizing the players and making them accessible to the supporters you know um the players the players job is to train to play to represent their country and essentially to win and you know that that's what their job is so obligations were met the sponsors were happy you know the signing of jerseys looking after tickets admin duties support letters visas change room support their families um, and their partners to the match and ensuring that they were all happy you know so there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff you know everyone that's a fan um, arrives at the stadium and sees the players on the big screen arriving and you know the next thing they're on the field playing but it takes a huge amount of work behind the scenes to make sure that that engine works Look, it, it, it's truly remarkable um, and I, we expect every pass to be perfect every moment to deliver a you know, a try and, and, you know, every, every loss is, is a failure kind of thing. So, I mean, I think humanizing the players, um, you know, if I think back to players like Moff Marburg and Frick Dupree, I mean, that might've been one bridge too far back in those days, but nevertheless, um, the intriguing thing, obviously, is we, we talk so much these days about, about women in sport. So how, how did you get involved in it? That's, that's the thing which is so intriguing for me. Um, you know, what was the first port of call? What, made you identify sport as an area where you feel you you know you could make this incredible contribution um not as a player and, and i'm going to digress for a moment in, in that i think one of my peeves you know and i'm not going to pick on sporting codes per se you can read between the lines is administrators who think that they are bigger than the game but you are clearly somebody who has perceive from the start that the game is bigger than you and you have had this incredible journey because you've served the game so what gave you the idea how did you start in all of this well i grew up in a sports mad family uh, you know we we always loved sport my, my dad played rugby for the eastern province and he was captain he was a flanker and i grew up along the rugby field you know when i was um, when i was young i remember that my mom my mom played hockey um my grandfather served on the, the SA rugby board with Dr. Donnie Craven. And, you know, my brother and I, we just loved sport. And, you know, I, I love all sports. I'm, I, I love NFL. I love golf. Uh, you know, I love motor racing. Um, you know, I love all different sports, not only rugby. But rugby is actually, you know, my, my big passion. And, and at, you know, a couple of years ago, 20 years ago, as, as Doc said, um, you say rugby and specifically Rian Oberholzer, who is a mentor of mine still today, took a chance on me and gave me this opportunity. And and I think, you know, 
as I started, it was very much um, rugby was starting, sort of the professional sport was starting and and it grew, the role grew as, as I went along. So, um, you know, it wasn't always, you know, exactly what, what, what I was doing at the end, but it, but it grew. And so I think, you know, you have to have a passion, a passion for it. And, and I just don't think that in all my years, I really worked. I just loved what I did. And I think that's, that's the success. You know, I was, I was very humbled um, last year when Hollard uh, awarded me the, the, the Sports Personality of the Year Award. And it made it specifically special that it was voted for by by my peers as well and by people that I'd worked with over the years, you know, sponsors and um, houses that, that, you know, um, design houses and uh, production houses and different people that they voted for. It made it really special and especially, you know, um, being a lady in a, in a man's world, it was it was great. Yeah, and I think, you know, and we, we, we've read and, and seen a, a lot of the talk around the gender equality and, and what Rassi and the team brought through to, to the last year's World Cup. You know, I've, I've watched a few of Renee's podcasts and, and some of her views in terms of the diversity that you brought through. And I think one of the things that we find interesting, I guess, Gordon and I, and, and many South Africans and I, is, is Chasing the Sun, the sort of behind-the-scenes documentary on DSTV, looking not just at the World Cup tournament, but it goes way back, as, as you well know. So, I mean, just what is your take? And, and if you don't mind, just one or two of those sort of fan insider stories um, of, of some of the success that perhaps we didn't see on the, on the sort of 80 minutes of, of whichever game it is for the World Cup last year. Would you mind just sharing, you know, one or two things uh, that, that you found interesting, that we may find interesting in our listeners from the box setup last year? Well, you know, Rossi, Rossi was amazing. He's an amazing man manager um, and he gets the best out of people. Uh, uh, you know, we all, we all had one goal and, and that was, you know, to just do the best for South Africa. We all had a job and everyone was equal. There was, there was no, um, you know, hierarchy in it. Everyone was, was equal from, from me to, to the coaches and we all had a say and we had a voice. And I think that, you know, gave us a huge amount of confidence as well when someone has confidence in you and your ability. That's not to say that um, we didn't help each other because we did, you know, and, and especially, you know, the ladies, um, they were, they, when I started at rugby, there was one of me, you know, and it mm. was very lonely at many times. And, and you know, when I ended, there were four of us. There was, there was Rene, who's, you know, a great friend of mine and support, and Tanu, who's a great friend of mine, and, you know, Zenit, um, the dietitian, she came in at a, at a late stage. And, um, you know, the four of us, did a lot of things together and, and supported each other. Um, and I think that's very important, you know, especially when you're away for such a long time. And there, there were challenges, um, but, you know, most of all, we, we had fun. Mm. And I think that's also something that, that, that really sort of, you know, comes from, from being a happy team and being a successful team. And there were setbacks, you know, when, when you lose, it's, it's hard and you have to pick yourself up. Mm. And, and your job goes on, you know, the players can sort of sulk a little bit, um, but your job goes on. So, you know, we had, we had lots of fun in Japan. We, we, we decided to embrace everything that we could. And the players were just amazing. You know, I, I organized a, um, a, sushi, a sushi making and tasting and eating um, sort of afternoon for us. And, and they absolutely loved it. We dressed up. We were in Japanese kimonos. <laughs> we went there. We, we learned all about the different fishes. We yeah. cut the fish, we made the sushi, and it was just so much fun. And, you know, now I see still kind of the guys still sort of joke about it and said, you know, who's making sushi now? And <laughs> I think if you share experiences, you know, that, that sort of helps you grow as a team as well. Um, you know, I had quite some, some hair-raising 
um, times when I was trying to get visas and they didn't come through and you were about to leave. So, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes things that people don't see. But at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think the, 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 the biggest part was that, that we were a very tight team. And, um, and, I th- and we are still, you know, there's still mm. a World Cup group. Yeah. Um, there's also a World Cup 2007 group. And I think having that special um, bond that, that ties you, you, you'll always have that. Yeah, and I think that's sorry, Gordon. I'm going to hand over to you now. But I think you know, Annie, that's so fantastic to, to hear in that sporting code. And just taking it back to business, you know, Gordon, most people in business are, maybe don't really have that. And, and you and I've spoken now, you know, uh, the sort of whole working from home, uh, you know, post-COVID type stuff in terms of organisational culture. And I mean, I don't want to go down that that path now. Just to say that that you know, you you, you almost want companies and leadership to try and find those sushi making moments in their company you know whether it's a a relay race or a bry or because i i'm a firm believer and an old school believer that you know, a lot of stuff you can do in zoom as we're doing today's call but you still got to do that interaction and that memory that years later you know that you can refer back and you were you were either part of that moment or you weren't you know what i mean so you can refer you can just use a catchphrase or a nickname and immediately those memories come fly and, and i've had the benefit of working in those type of companies you know where people you 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 get that sort of hiss and that's synergy going so i just you know well done uh, to to you uh, and i mean i guess and Lee, y- you'd expect to see that on the park but it's nice that that went off the field you know that the whole team brought uh, bought into it and, and um, it was far more than 80 minutes gordon you wanted to say something no i, I mean I, it's just the word fun and we had a good time repetition is really resonating with me i think as a as a sportsman myself over the years the one thing you want players, whether whatever the sporting code, to realize is they're living your dream. Mm. And the minimum yeah. I expect from a player who is representing his, his country in the, um, you know, in the World Cup is, is to look like he's having a good time. Yeah. You know, and I understand if you're losing, that might be tougher. And, I, and we've got to loop back to, to 2000, I think, because the, there were some bad results then, as I recall. But I, I want the guys to have a good time. I want them to look. But on the here side of it, for me, I think maybe one of the highlights, and, um, and Lee, maybe you, you can re- recall it, but was, was the here and, and the behavior of, of sports fans. Um, when we lost to Japan uh, in, Eng- you know, in England, to see the South African sports fans lining, you know, the uh, the station platform and applauding the Japanese supporters off the train, for me, has got to be one of the highlights of South African sports. So I guess Chias works both ways. It's got to be, um, you know, it's got to be the players and the fans as well. We've got to play our part. And just a comment, how hurtful would it have been for players to see people burning Bok jerseys and things like that? Well, very, very hurtful, you know. Um no one wants to, you know, to ever, to ever see that. And, but it, it just shows, Gordon, how how deeply involved the South African supporters are, and how supportive they are of the team. Is that they feel so, you know, so bad for for the team, and 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 so let down that 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 you know, it's it it, it was it was it wasn't great. I mean, the, the the players really really were were not happy to see that. But um, you know, it just shows the amount of passion. South Africans have. Mm. 
and I, and I think Annie, you made the point just just to to link into that that of the two World Cup wins, I mean they're both special, and you made the point on numerous times that it's it's difficult to win away from home, uh, the language and, and a whole lot of other stuff. But I mean, you also made the point that last year you felt it was more for South Africa. Would you mind just talking a little bit about why you made that comment? You know, I think I think um, Doc that that it was. I have said that a number of times that it just felt we, we in Japan just felt that 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 this was really really needed and we you know from all the reports coming back home coming mm. from home um, the support uh, and just the the desperation I think if you can say that South Africa really wanted it it just felt like it was it was it was a win for 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 the whole of South Africa just to give everybody just that little bit of hope and you could see that when we came home and we did the, the trophy tour mm. you know i just it was it was just amazing that, that that trophy tour i just i just everywhere you went you thought it well, can't get better than this you yeah. know and then you'd go yeah. to the next place and you'd see more people and these people were waiting four five six hours in in the warm sun sure. for literally a 30 second or a minute pass by the bus and mm. and to see their heroes it you know just I was in tears every day yeah. for for twelve days. Sure. It was just it was just amazing, sure. and and the same can be seen for two thousand seven. You know, of course, yeah. it also meant so much to the country, and and the same kind of response was. But it just felt that the country just just needed this. You know, with the with the gender based violence that was happening and yeah. the pimpy standing up for for mm. what he did. You know, in the Japan match, it just it made me so proud. It made me just so proud to you know to of him and 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 of what. The team stood for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I think other issues. I mean, apart from the winning, which would speak for itself, which again made me feel proud, was, and I got a distinct impression that somebody, possibly yourself, had worked with uh, the team on cultural sensitivity. Um, you know, rule number one is get the crowd on your side. Uh, and and I felt what seemed to me that the box were tuned in. Bowing politely, um, you know, uh, taking the ball from the little ball girl on the side of the field was done with a degree of dignity. Was was that a conscious effort? That kind of cultural uh, sensitivity. You're listening to the Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. I think it, it actually just came naturally. You know, when we decided to just embrace whatever happened and we wanted to be the first team there which we were and we wanted to be the last team which you know there which we were as well mm. and i think it just came naturally the people of japan were unbelievable mm. I, I i just you know at the moment we were reliving all this because it was a year ago so everything sort of pops up on your feed yeah. every day this happened and that happened and i just wake up and i'm just excited you know to see the memories and and i wake up with a smile and see what happened and i think it just came naturally because the people of, of japan just embraced us in, incredibly and saying that they embraced all the teams that those are the kind of people that they were you know that they are mm. when we got to japan we thought wow you know well wow sure they they really mm. love it they're going to be we're going to be their second team after the you know supporting yeah. japan and sure. then we kind of saw that they did the same to the all blacks and they did the same to england and they did the same to everyone but i think that we kind of had the edge because we arrived two weeks early and, and we did a lot of um, social engagement and we did a lot of visiting of schools and the players really just embraced that. You know, at one st on one day, I had sort of five different groups of players going, 
some players, um, you know, uh, uh, playing with with kids that were autistic, and some people, mm. sh- some uh, guys going and and playing with kids that that actually had you know good ball skills and that had rugby teams, and others yeah. visiting old age homes, and and I think that that really endeared us to them, and the same with 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 our team, and and it just came naturally, and I would and I'd have to say that you know. Sia and the, and the senior guys and, and all the team, mm. they just embraced it and they, it came from, from themselves. And I'd like to think that that's something that, you know, um, Rossi and, and the management installed in them, that the, the, the pride and, 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 and just, and, and just, you know, real, real good manners. And, and mm. I think it just came naturally. And, and the more the guys did it, the more, you know, they sort of endeared themselves to the Japanese people and to the world. Yeah, you know, just talking about endearing um, the box to the world, um, hopefully somebody at DSTV is listening to this one because Chasing the Sun for me is way beyond entertainment. It is an important part of what this country needs to see and hear and a positive narrative. So hopefully uh, between uh, the free-to-air broadcasters and DSTV, some formula can be uh, constructed whereby the whole population of the country gets to see this because I, I would hate to think it becomes an exclusive domain of, of those who can afford a subscription. So, guys, if you're listening, come on, make it available to everybody. It, it really is important. Yeah, I think absolutely, Gordon. And I think, you know, uh, again, you know, wonder, you, know, you don't want to go down that political route, but certainly uh, the healing that comes out of sport and, and the togetherness and all of that stuff should be shared. And, and we've spoken on numerous other podcasts about the work that needs to get done in South Africa. And it's not just one person. It's a collective and certainly sport and, and, the, and the public broadcasters can, can spread that word a little wider. And Lee, just um, I can't help myself. I've got to ask you two fan questions. <laughs> I was trying my best not to. Um, in your 19-year, 20-year career over numerous places, numerous test venues, what is the one place that stands out? What is your favorite test venue to go to? Look, I think I'd have to say probably Newlands. And um, j- just purely because I've had very happy memories there, mm. and losses, but but also great wins and, and happy memories. And I think it's just because the, the, the stadium is so close to... Um, the, the the fans to the supporters that you can almost hear that you know that thump when yeah. they when they make a big hit or when that scrum goes down or that you can hear that you know it's 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 obviously a, a, you know the sad old lady is is retiring um mm. and and um it's so sad that none of us can you know go and sort of be there for the last matches yeah. before they move to the the new stadium but um Newland Stadium I think you know it's the home of SA rug South African rugby where we you know and mm. and I think that that would probably have to be I've played in you know I've been to many amazing stadiums around the, around the world you know Stade de France is, is is amazing Twickenham has got an amazing amazing um um you know um vibe Scotland Murrayfield mm. Is is no uh, is 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 just also a, a beautiful place in the Scottish where they sing the Welsh. Yeah. So I think they mean that, but um, I would have to say that Newlands, and I'm you know I'm very sad that yeah. we're not going to have a last Test match there. I think a lot of us are there, you know, and and I think I'm hoping that between SA Rugby and, and Western Province Rugby, they can find a fitting tribute, uh, a send-off. I, I don't know what it is. It's, such a, it's a strange year, and I'm stating the obvious here. But it is sad, though, because I think for many of us, um, we've got great stadia, but I mean, I think for many of us, you know, that, that heavy, wet 
afternoon in Cape Town at Newlands is just one of those those moments. And hopefully there's a fitting send-off. Just uh, the, the second part of my question, again, really from a fan's perspective, funny people, funny guys, characters, who've been some of the one or two standout characters that have held the teams together through the various years that you've been involved? Um, well, springs to mind immediately is, is, is sort of some guys from the 2007 World Cup, Jacques Fauré and Andre Pretorius. They are just, they're just the funniest guys ever. <laughs> Jean de Villiers added to that as well. But Jacques uh, Fauré, you could never take him seriously. Obviously, on the rugby field, you did, and he was a great centre. Yeah. But off the field, you know, um, I can remember one, um, one funny moment in, in, in Paris in 2007. Um, Jacques and Andre Pretorius were, were roommates. And um, our, our wonderful logistics manager at the time, um, well, he was the kit master, Flippy Malakwani. He, um, he, they, they, they pulled a prank on him and they took, um, if he was in number, let's say room number 115, they, yeah. they took that off and they put 116 at yeah. 115 and he came and he tried to get in and they were watching from opposite <laughs> you know through the keyhole of their room and then they, he'd come and then he'd, he'd try and he wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't work so he'd go downstairs and and, and he'd come up again and this happened about six times yeah. and you know they were just always playing playing a funny joke and um you know Jacques and then in 2011 Jacques Fury was also there when we had the World Cup in um in in New Zealand and we were um on a bus a bus tour to go and see probably the the hundredth Maori ceremony um, that we that we saw in New Zealand and 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 you know the guys were just being very funny um, yeah. not not mocking the Maoris at sure. all or, or the or the the haka at all just on the way there we were driving through these things and and Jacques Fury was just being so funny and everyone <laughs> was just just takes you know the edge off and he, on the bus he's 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 really he was really funny um at the moment um sort of the the you know the team now uh france francie stains very funny yeah. lewitt is is has got a very very good sense of humor and yeah. always cracking a joke yeah. so there's always someone that, that sort of lightens the mood when when needs to be yeah and i think it's so important you know not just and i guess not just in sport uh gordon but also you know in business and you know one's not making light of the situation but you sometimes do need that person that catalyst that sun seeker that pulls things together you know the person proverbially that people would go up to in a in a social setting and and you'd gravitate because they just got something about them obviously backed up by on field or on boardroom performance but uh it's that extra x factor so yeah it's great to hear Gordon, you want to yeah, say no, look, you're right. I mean, I think it, all sports teams that you know, I've watched over the years have got the captain, but you can see they are on-field leaders and off-the-field leaders. And any guy, whatever level of the game you've played rugby, you know that when you go on tour, it's one of the O-money. He's been <laughs> playing front row for the last 20 years. He yeah. ain't the captain and he's the last of the ball, but he'll keep the tour going. So yeah. we live for, for guys like that, and I'm very thankful for some of the marvelous characters. But you, you uh, and Lee, you describe yourself as, as, as the mother of the team, and, and now you are retiring with a remarkable legacy. But, I mean, with that kind of knowledge, um, I hope it doesn't end there. And I'm thinking in particular what's hurt me this year is the knowledge that there's a whole generation of young boys for whom matric rugby was going to be the big year, they were going to go to Craven Week. It was their platform to a career of rugby. Have you got some encouragement for, for those young guys? I mean, you yourself got your gap into rugby. What do you say to those guys? They've, it's been a lost year and it's, it's a real tragedy. And hopefully it doesn't remain a tragedy for these young guys. What's the route into it for them? 
Yeah, I, I, Gordon, I would say, you know, I, I would say that I, I really feel for them, you know, and, and especially, you know, they work their whole sort of school career to play in, in, in sort of the first, second or third team, you know, in their matric year or sort of nine year and, and it's taken away. But, I, but I think that, um, you know, that, you know, there, there are lots of positives that we have to just take from from this year, and that you know we've managed to spend more times with our, our time with our families and with people dear to us, and 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 you know the, the guys that 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 would have played there, they they have talent, and they must just you know keep on at it, and they will, they probably will get somewhere. Um, you know, I do feel for them, and I think everyone does. You know, in in all the codes of the sport. Yeah, so absolutely. It, it's been a hard year for for, yeah. for everyone, and and you know one of my high, sort of my sort of rituals on a Saturday morning when I'm I'm not touring when I wasn't touring with the team was was to go and watch, um, you know, school sport whether some of my friends' kids were playing or or, or whatever. But yeah. I just I just love that because you know that's just really you know the mothers at the tuck shop and everyone yeah. getting involved and that's just it's just it's, it's just it's just lovely and I love that and I miss that this year. Yeah, we should, uh, watching school sport, I think we should leave it to the mothers being involved. It's when the dads get involved in school sport that you've got to, you've got to start worrying about things. But just two, two points. Firstly, 225 tests, five World Cups, two World Cup wins. I mean, please, please, please tell me there's a book in this because, again, to lose that body of, of insight would be an absolute tragedy. And then my second question is, everyone is in 2021 mode for the Lions. If you were still involved... You'd be preparing already, I guess, for 2021. So, two questions in one, Doc. I squeeze them in. Yeah. Um, thanks. Well, you know, the more the more you, you the more I talk about it, and the more people chat to me about it, it it's it's sounding very inviting to write a book. So let's let's wait and see. <laughs> um, and then the, on the lions, um, yes. Look, I mean, th- this has started, you know, a, a while ago. You know. Um, a couple of years ago, they've they've already started with with the British and Irish lines. Last year, um, beginning of last year, in fact, the British and Irish lines um, operations team came out. Uh, I was still at SA Rugby, and they came out, and the, and the SA Rugby operations team um, took them around and to different venues and hotels. and And there's a great big team behind on the operations side, and um, and and that's sort of all in place, um, you know, with 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 um with all that being being sort of being put in place and where they want to train and what options there are and all that and then on the rugby side i mean i know that you know uh, russie and and jacques and the coaches are are very very far down the line on sort of preparing for that uh, you know as they would you know they leave no stone unturned and nothing it's going to be a great series and i actually just can't wait to be there as a supporter I was I was last there in 2009 when I watched when I was with the team for the Lions series when we won two two one um, with a Mornay stain uh, penalty. Remember Doug um, yeah, no, at Loftus? I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, it's one of those uh, you yeah, know, one of those moments. Yeah, eh? yeah. So and in and in fact, um, yeah, I just can't wait to be there as a, as a supporter. And I, and I think that you know I am still involved in in certain in in, in some sponsorship sponsorship stuff and commercial stuff. So I am still sort of keeping a bit busy in the rugby because I just don't think I could do nothing. Yeah, and now it's gonna. I mean, Anley, as we unfortunately, geez, we can we can chat for so long, but as we're running out of time, I was gonna say to you, people out there, listeners, if you want to get involved, if you want to talk with Anley, chat to her about you know not just the on field and and the team. I know it's tempting to always do that, but to talk about the commercial arrangements, uh, keeping sponsors happy, keeping multiple balls in the air. Anley, how do people get hold of you? What's the best way to to be in touch? Um, 
uh, you know, Doug, they, they can email me on, on alm15 at me.com. And I'm always happy to to engage with people. And especially, you know, I was involved now during lockdown with a um, with a with a program called Collective Insights, which is um, run by a friend of mine, Michelle Brown, in 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 Port Elizabeth. And she got various mentors in different um, you know different workspaces. And we all did some mentoring during this with with young kids. And it was an overwhelming response of of that. And it was it was great to do. And I and I'd always like to you know do that and spend time. With, with people and talk about talk about the opportunities and how they can get into things and try and help them in some way. That's great. And social platforms, Enli, I, I know you are on them. Can you just give us, a, how do I get hold of yeah, you? Or not I'm, me, I'm, but, but people. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, my, my Twitter and my Instagram handle are at EnliM. Okay, great. And again, you know, as, as Gordon and I always say, please get involved, people. Um, you know, it's not about us just, just chatting, as we always do with very interesting people, but it's about... Um, having a wider dialogue, you know, getting people involved. Here's somebody who's a true South African who's really given her bit to the country and wants to continue. So please, you know, if you're out there uh, in, in some capacity or another, just get a hold of Anne Lee and, and be part of the conversation. Gordon, I'm going to leave it to you to close off. But Anne Lee, from our side, nice chatting to you again. It, it always is. Thanks very much for your time. We wish you well. And uh, let's please stay in touch. Yeah, and uh, and Lee, from my side as well, thank you so much. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating uh, narrative. And uh, also, talking Lions 2021, thanks to the to the gods of ticket lotteries. Um, <laughs> I, I applied for 12 and I got 12, and oh, I have well. no idea how that worked. So uh, whoever was pushing the right buttons, thank you all. But And to the listeners, thanks for joining in. And, and Lee, what an amazing story, what an amazing achievement. Congratulations, and thanks for making the time with us this morning. Thank you very much. It's been great to chat to you both. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.